0: From In the Beginning to the Musical Apocalypse, this is The Bible Says What. I'm your host, Mike Wiseman. Today's guest has suffered great tragedies in his life. I can't even begin to understand his pain. Unfortunately, he worships a being that he finds to be the most loving, caring being that ever existed, who had the power to stop these tragedies, yet chose not to intervene. Setting aside the fact that this very being has a history of slaughtering people's kids for his own glory, out of vengeance and jealousy, or even when simply egged on by the adversary he created, setting aside these things, let's focus on the prayer, the asking of this loving father figure to step in and help stop a tragedy. I'm going to be reading from the Bible says what the book chapter four, prayer is not a verb. Oftentimes, a Christian will pray for results, but not see any. They will beg for help and not receive it. This happens because Yahweh added some fine print to Jesus' claim that anything you want, just ask and you shall receive. Apparently, the Christian deity must first pre-approve a wish before granting it. As long as they are asking for this something that is according to his will, he will acknowledge their request. 1 John 5, 14, prayer only works if Yahweh wants it to. The addition of according to his will negates anything you would selfishly ask for, voiding countless prayers in the process. Keeping a child alive and cancer-free can be viewed as selfish to some Christians. Yahweh wants the child in heaven, and who are you to question his authority? If he wants your child to suffer and die from cancer, then your prayers for a savior are pointless. This is Yahweh's will for your child, and his plans negate any hopes for a happy, healthy, fulfilled life. Good or bad, happy or sad, Yahweh is the one who gets to decide your fate. Yahweh will look the other way while parents across the world cry for him to save their dying children. He will allow for the suffering of countless kids, yet grant the wish of a parent asking for their child to sleep well without any complications or nightmares. Why would the Christian deity choose not to save the kid painfully dying of cancer, but choose to help the one next door have pleasant dreams? Why would a loving being comfort one child and watch the other die slowly? Yahweh is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. Psalm 115.3. Why would anyone want to worship such a monster? Let's start the show. Is there anything in the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? (laughs) Okay, so it took you reading the Bible to realize that those things were bad for you? Yeah, it actually did. I, you I didn't... Figure this out on your own? No, Ted, Ted Bundy could be redeemed. God doesn't kill children. That, what do you think the Passover was? Yahweh sets up a whole system in the Old Testament where you slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you. special guest you're frozen
1: oh no you're frozen on my end oh, michael like, yeah work- i don't know what's going on you now you're great great good on, again
0: huh? okay <laughs> well we'll try and push through this if it doesn't work i don't know we'll figure something out all right here we go all right Today's special guest is scott shara welcome to the scope <laughs> i'm glad we don't do this <laughs> live <laughs> we're gonna get the giggles going on here oh no this is terrible all right one last try this is it this is like <laughs> Today's special guest is Scott Shera. Welcome to the show, Scott. Wow, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. Why don't you tell the folks at home a little bit about what you do?
1: Well, I've been a business owner for over half of my life, but since my daughter Grace died, I have become an advocate for the disabled, and uh, I've been a messenger to let people know what's happening in hospitals and why it's happening. So I have effectively turned my business over to my team and they're running it now because I've been working on Grace's case upwards of 70 hours a week.
0: Roger, now now your daughter had Down syndrome and she went to the hospital. Explain that a little bit for us.
1: So she went to the hospital last October with low oxygen saturation related to covid and we ultimately admitted her to the hospital i mean she was fine physically she just had oxygen in the high 80s and so we took the recommendation of the er doctor admitted her to the hospital and then
0: they implemented a protocol that murdered her sorry to hear that um thank you there's definitely some bad doctors out there there's good doctors bad doctors you know just like anywhere else So i'm sorry that happened to you um so you know my my next question is um going to be the obvious one is where was god in all of this
1: well god never changed i mean that's the that's the easy piece of this because he his character has been the be- the same since the beginning of time so the thing that that people don't realize you know, a lot of times when an event like this happens is God is sovereign. He always has been, always will be. So, you know, he knew the date, time, and situation that Grace was going to die in before she was ever born. You know, of course, we're not clued in on that fact. So, so- we have to operate in our dimension and, you know, can't use that as the excuse for doing nothing. But, you know, now that Grace is gone, I realized that that was all part of his plan. And now we've got to do something with it.
0: So that was his plan was for her to go to the hospital and go through that treatment and die.
1: Well, it's that's a great question. You know, from his perspective, you could say that from our perspective, that wasn't our plan. So, I mean, that's the, so Zach Poonin, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he talks about uh, the two parallel tracks. So there's often paradoxes in scripture that we can't reconcile. You know, so Hmm. we have a free will and yet, um hmm. god's providence god's providence also applies so how do those two intersect and the fact is they never intersect in this life so you know so was it god you know god's plan is never to have anybody die i mean that wasn't his original plan but you know since sin has entered the world that's the reality so uh-huh. you know to say god i would say properly that god allowed i wouldn't say he planned would plan somebody's death but he certainly allowed it and it was part of what he knew before the beginning of time
0: so thank you for that um you said it's not his plan for people to die correct and how do you know that well
1: i know that because the original plan in the garden before sin entered the world was for uh, man to live
0: forever Interesting. So was his plan, his plan was for, for man to live forever, not to sin in the garden. Correct. Is that what I'm getting at? Or you're getting, well, again,
1: you know, you're using the word plan. You know, that Yeah. Is, I don't
0: know that that's the right word.
1: Uh, Ordained. So I God mean, knew, I mean, of course
0: God knew, Oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. So no, you're good. Idea. You're good. Did So did he set in motion, set these things in motion? Because that's kind of what I see is he created these things and set all these, these things in motion. He put the dominoes down that they would fall in order the order that he not planned but you know wanted to happen i don't know how else to say besides plan no. uh, <laughs> um but like let's start with the trees that that's the first domino he didn't need to put the the, the temptation in front of them at all i mean if we're going to put our right. kids in a daycare let's put them in a safe daycare not a daycare with deadly trees or 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 a bad guy that can come in and tempt them that's not a really yeah. good idea you know that's, that's the first domino i see so do you see that as a, as as a, as part of his plan was putting the trees there to cause the fall of man to, to do all of this stuff so we can get to Jesus and heaven and all that.
1: Um I I see it bigger than that. I think the you know so if you think about the hardest decision a man ever made, I don't know if you've ever thought about that but I mm. I think it was Harry Truman dropping the atomic bombs. Personally mm. that's because he knew the consequence of if he dropped the bombs, he also knew the consequence if he didn't. um, So assuming there was no shenanigans involved with that, which, I mean, who knows anymore? um, I would think that's the hardest decision a man ever made. Mm. For God, I believe the hardest decision he ever made was to give us free will. And the reason I say that is because the opposite of free will would be to control us. Mm. And he would then know that all of us would be exactly where he would want us, which is with him. So to give us a free will, hmm. um, knowing that the path is narrow, most people are going to end up in hell. I, uh, hmm. I can't grasp that decision. I think it's the hardest decision he ever made. Interesting. So then, you know, with the free will, now, you know, there's consequences to every choice. I mean, that's a law. So then with a free will, in order for a free will to be exercised, there has to be temptation. I mean, that's the way I, I see it.
0: Thank you for yeah. that. So that, you keep mentioning free will. So it, it does a little bit. I appreciate that. Um, so you keep mentioning free will. Where where does the idea of free will come from? Because I, I've looked in the Bible. I don't see a verse in there that says everybody gets free will. I see the opposite. I see Yahweh stepping in and altering the lives of people. He even sends lying spirit to convince the king of Israel to go to his death at one point, he sends an uh, evil spirit to Saul to throw a, uh, a spear. I mean, he does lots of intervening and, and taking away a free will. Why do you think that we get free will? Well, I do. I think that, so you asked two different
1: questions. Why do mm-hmm. I
0: think we get free will
1: or where does it come from?
0: Why, why do you think we have free will? Let's start, let's go with that one.
1: I think God wants us to choose. He put a high he put a high priority on choice. He wants us to choose him. And so in the garden, the choice was presented with the first temptation. You either can choose the, the the tree of knowledge of good and evil or the tree of life. So those were the two choices. It's still the same two choices today. And so you know the people who choose the, the knowledge of good and evil, technically only have a choice from a human perspective, which is no choice at all, because every choice they make is sin. They're not reconciled with God. So the only people that truly have a choice in God's economy are those who who have accepted Jesus as their savior. So now they're awake to the reality. Now we can choose either God or Satan. Before that, everybody can only choose Satan. So that really is not the free will in God's economy.
0: Thank you for that. Uh, so is there a verse, though, that that you can point to that helps strengthen your point of everybody gets free will?
1: I haven't. I mean, you said that you've looked and tried to find a verse. So I would guess that you're... you're um, so I would have to say no. I mean, I would have to dig to find one. I can't think of one on the top of the top of my mind I see it as many things in yeah. the scriptures you have to take the scripture as a whole so it's an it's an underlying premise through through Scripture that we have free will.
0: Well Scott what I'm seeing is I'm seeing the opposite. I'm seeing that some people may may or may not get free will but some people definitely 100% do not get free will. Uh, like I said that Saul or or Pharaoh for one I uh, hardened yeah. his heart that um, I don't see that as free will. Sure, that, that's a fantastic challenge.
1: I mean, when I read those passages, I see uh, some of the Bible has to be read from our perspective, and some has read from God's perspective. And passages you cannot reconcile uh, in in our lifetime. That's hmm. the two parallel tracks that I see. So, uh, when you know God says that He doesn't want any anyone to perish. And yet we see he hardened their hearts. So those two things do not go together. Right. And so how do you reconcile that? I right. don't, I think it's one of, there's many paradoxes. And that is what you're pointing out is one of the paradoxes that we have to have faith and trust
0: that God means what he says. Thank you. I, that, that's amazing. I, I, there is definitely a paradox there. Um, it, it, it's a contradiction. So. I see a lot of these piling up, these piling up of the of the God of love, the God of free will. Everybody gets free will. I see all these contradictions piling up and all these, these. I love the, the reconciling paradoxes. That's, that's such a great way to put it. You, you, you can't. You can't reconcile these paradoxes. And there's there's so many in there. Um, Another one is David's son, uh, David and Bathsheba's kid. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's such a tough why, one. I mean, why did he get the consequence for David? It doesn't make sense. Right. sense. And right. it's not I just mean, a I... consequence. It's a sickness. He... God struck him with a sickness that he had, he suffered with for seven days, and then he died. Why?
1: I don't know. I can't, I can't answer that. I, it does answer that's... it for us,
0: though. It answers it for us it's because, because the enemies of Yahweh showed contempt because of David's sin. So the bad guys showed contempt to Yahweh, so he, he killed David's kid. He not, not just killed him, he made it suffer. Why? Because the enemy showed contempt. I don't see that as a good thing. I can't justify that action. You know?
1: I I get that. I I can't justify what happened to my daughter, Grace, either. Um, But if we we believe in him, uh, we have to believe that he has a different plan that is higher than the way we think. So, I mean, these things... um, I I think there's a lot of people that have spun out on these exact examples, and unfortunately, well, unfortunately they have. I would say by God's grace, I haven't, and I'm thankful for that because I could spin out on them easy. I'm very analytical, hmm. yeah. So thankfully, when I I got through those passages, I just had to
0: accept them. Interesting. So there's there's a lot. Scott, I, there's, there's a lot a of them. Of them. That, yeah, hundred percent. There's a lot of them. So, what is the good part that's keeping you from seeing these as bad? What what what's so overwhelmingly good?
1: Well, I start with the premise that I don't deserve anything that I've been given. So, if I come to grips with how bad I am, and so what do I deserve? Then anything that I get from him is a gift. And it would be the equivalent of uh, if <clears throat> you, you saw my car rolled over on the side of the road, and I'm knocked out and unconscious, and then you pull me out of the car. And two seconds later, after you pull me just far enough away that I, we don't both get burned, the car explodes. Okay, so now you saved my life. I didn't mm-hmm. deserve that. Why? So you you saved my life. I don't know why you did it. I have no, no, no idea. Why you
0: didn't you deserve you. that? Why don't you deserve to live?
1: Well, you're a perfect stranger driving by, and all of a sudden you choose to stop and risk your own life for yeah. my benefit. That doesn't make any
0: sense. Who why would doesn't it do happens that? all the time? People do it all the time. People sure. risk life and limb to save each other. Not not for the sake of um, forgiveness or, or anything weird like that. It's just for the sake of humanity. This is a person struggling. I I need to help them. I need to step in. I, I mean, yeah, 100%. No, you deserve to be saved. You deserve to have a life. You deserve to be happy. As long as you're doing no harm to anybody else, of course. I mean, you deserve that. I don't understand what this whole concept of you don't deserve to live or be happy. Where's this come from? that I don't deserve to live or be happy? Yeah. Well,
1: I don't think, you know, happiness is a choice. I mean, deserving happiness
0: ends up leading you on a, well, a spiral. You happiness know, a, may be a kind of a choice at points in time, but no, 100%. I can go to a roller coaster and I, I'm on that thing. And I can try to be as sad as I can, but I was just happy. I'm just happy. Ah, you know what I mean? There's a, <laughs> that's not a choice at that point. That's just, I'm strapped and right, I'm going. Right. <laughs> so,
1: you yeah, <so>, that, that's... <laughs> i
0: think yeah, you deserve life i don't think you're well, this bad person stuff.
1: you know well i i lost you there i'm thinking about the oh. road you know, my daughter grace loved those kind of rides and you know she made me young i'm 59 years old and so i would go on those she was only 19 i would i would go on all those rides with oh her you're crazy and, man uh, oh my gosh she would keep me young there's a lot of times i would have to just sit out for a half hour just to let my stomach just to let my stomach settle i'm sure yeah uh, no, 100%. Yeah, she, she just loved those. But anyway, go then. I you yeah. gave a question or a statement,
0: yeah. but I I didn't hear it. Why, why do you think so bad about yourself? Like where is this coming from? I don't. I don't naturally think bad about myself. Oh, that isn't
1: okay. my nature. I I was born with a positive attitude. I have an optimistic outlook on life. All those things. Good. You know, so I don't personally think bad of myself, but God oh, says he gives grace to the humble. So, the only way you can get there to be truly humble is to have him get you to the reality of what is what is the nature of me without him. I mean, my nature, you know, we is, is, uh, there's not a sin I would not commit. If what? I went through, if Scott, well, hold down not there. Say that again.
0: So, no, yeah, so hold on, say that again. Are you there's saying not, with, a sin. There not a sin without God.
1: I wouldn't commit without the grace of God. Is you know, God you, scary what is, you? well, what does God define murder as? So he defines murder as anger in your heart. I mean, so the commandment, thou shalt not murder.
0: Well, that's Does a snap, God get right? angry? Well, of course. I mean, and Jesus, does he kill people when he gets angry? I can't answer that. He does I, in the Bible, several points. He gets very angry. He even gets mad at, he's so jealous and angry. He kills the kids of people who who uh piss him off essentially several points he say he claims that so anger in his heart vengeance yeah. in his heart and he lashes out is that a sin is it not sin well when the creator God says, can't sin so I would have to say relative to that
1: challenge since <laughs> God's nature is that he can't sin the anger that's he and so all anger is not bad you know there's it's acting the, on it. It's acting on it, but there's also so if I get if I get angry with with sin, uh-huh. okay, I presume that's the same anger. You know, I don't know. You know. I I can't answer for God, but I presume that's the anger that He's demonstrating. So you just you're you're
0: angry with sin. I mean, I can I've gotten there before, um, but you you didn't kill you anybody. Know, I'm not
1: gonna
0: say that again. But you didn't kill anybody as a as a result of it though. Well, it depends on how you define kill. I mean, in the Sermon
1: on the Mount, <laughs> Jesus defines murder as, as anger in your heart. So, I mean, if, if um, I've got any anger other than righteous anger, God's anger, I mean, that means I've murdered somebody in my heart. And boy,
0: I mean, I do that plenty. Do you I, think God's anger at David's son was righteous?
1: I do because I think God is righteous. You know, so, I don't. I cannot reconcile those type of passages. Yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, I cannot do it. I don't understand those things. Abraham, um, Isaac. What about that one? Say that again.
0: Abraham and Isaac. How about that one?
1: Yeah, that's another fantastic one. I mean, to take Abraham to that level, it's like, oh my gosh,
0: that's um, right. Doesn't he already know the heart and mind of Abraham before he even tested him?
1: Yeah. Obvious. He yeah. knew exactly what Abraham was going to do. So, why, so why did so then you ask the question Why did he even have to go through that That's a right. legitimate question. Yeah. It's, but you know the the I suppose the issue becomes if we spend the time trying to zero in on those questions, then uh, it, you know I I have questions for God when I meet Him. Um, you know, I don't have that laundry list. I mean, I sure can spin out. I mean, one of my questions is why cats, but you know, that's, <laughs>
0: that's... <laughs> that threw me off. That was a, that never thought that was coming out. That's awesome. Thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, know, so, you know, why mosquitoes, why cats? You know, those yes. are questions I have, but you know, I... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> but but you're you know the questions you're you're asking are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think those are uh, those We're are just, unreconciled and either you have faith or you mm-hmm. don't. And so I've had to um believe that God's got that figured out. He has those those examples for a reason. I can't answer why. Um
0: but what brings but, it all home for you? I'm like,
1: sure there's people I'm sure there's there's biblical scholars smarter than me that would have better answers than they don't
0: they really don't honestly they don't have any better no (laughs) their best answer is god can do whatever he wants so basically that's that's their answer and that's i don't i don't think that's a sufficient enough answer when you're slaughtering children for out of jealousy and hatred and anger and, and, and i i don't think that's a good enough excuse um so bring it all home what brought it home for you what keeps you hanging on or what brought you to this strong sorry let's let's bring it back what brought you to this strong faith of yours um so when i knew
1: that god had me in his plan was i don't know 25 30 years ago in that range um and then i read the i read the bible through and i thought you know, at that but at that point in my time in my timeline, personally, I was a successful businessman, and I had read a lot of management books. And then, so I saw what was necessary to become successful as a as a human, and I practiced those things. And then, when I read the Bible, I reconciled. I didn't read any manage book management books after that because I saw that everything I needed was in that one book. Hmm. And so then once I, you know, once I accepted Jesus um, and it went, that's even the wrong way to say it. Once I knew that I was one of his, you know, there was, um, he changed, he opened my heart to accept that reality that Jesus died for my sins. So then, um, then the walk begins. You know, so then you said, "What strengthened my faith?
0: What brought you, you know, to I the festival? like, was it just sorry? Was it just me, reading the Bible? Brought, no, I.
1: So the coincidences where we, my uh, my son and daughter, this is before Grace was born. You know how it worked out was we had uh, we had them in the public school system. My wife and I were very active. And so at that point, you know, you just assume, you know, at at our age, you just assume that the school system is a lot like the system you were brought up in. And we found it was different. And so then we, at that point, we were in the Catholic church. We didn't believe in, we didn't believe in Jesus, but we went to Catholic church. So then we, we put the kids in Catholic school and got involved with the school system there. And we found it was really a mirror of the public school system. So then I owned a business at that point. I had a CPA firm and one of my clients homeschooled his kids. And so I asked him to go to lunch and his name is Dan. He's subsequently become my best friend. But ultimately at that lunch, I said, Dan, I would like to understand homeschooling because you know I told him what I just told you, I mean, the public school, the Catholic school. And so what is, what is this even about this homeschooling? I and mean, I thought it was always flaky. And then he said to me, well, I can't really discuss that without discussing God. And so then I said, that's fine by me. So he, he asked me some questions. And so over a period of about, about a year and a half, I mean, we get together fairly regularly and mm-hmm. I would come with my dumb questions because I didn't understand anything. Uh, and so, as I was reading the Bible and connecting the dots, he would answer my questions. And ultimately, over that period of time, um, I realized that I was one of God's. Well, then the walk began, and you know, ultimately, the walk has been pretty bumpy. You know, I've gone through an awful lot of stuff. Um, we almost went bankrupt. Uh, I. You know, as a person, that was maybe the worst thing that happened to me as a human because, so this was in um, 1994, I, Mm -hmm. I had a CPA firm I sold out and I sold it on an installment sale, which is a business version of a land contract. And after six months, the people stopped making the payments. I had find, found out they forged my name on some loan documents. And so, Ooh. I mean, this was just a whirlwind. Wow! And instead of filing bankruptcy, uh, I decided to, you know, to work and get it back and get it solvent. So uh, I wrote a my own internal business plan to follow. And then I worked seven days a week for six months straight. I Ooh. put uh, $453,000 on credit cards to bail it out. Uh, I had... Minority interest in a couple other businesses. I had a couple of Corvettes. Uh, <laughs> I had a brand new truck that I owned free and clear. I put a loan on that. I sold the Corvettes. Mm. Uh, I had about fifty thousand in cash. I stuck everything in it, mm. um, and then worked every single day of the of the year for. Uh, well, it was actually I said six months. That's wrong. For eighteen months, and then we sure. were at break even after eighteen months. Wow. Um, but the reason work, I say man. that Good was job. one of the worst things, one of the worst things that happened is because I did all of that without God. I never relied on him for a second. Huh. And so I, I became so powerful in my own head that, um, you know, I basically didn't need God because I thought I can do anything that I want now. You know, that really takes you down to a level where if you survive that all of a sudden, I mean, well, you can do a lot. And, you know, so after that, I, um, you know, I made a million dollars in a year. I did all kinds of things. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, then, like once I, well, then once I reconciled, you know, once I became, once I knew I was one of God's, well, then it became a struggle. I mean, it was really a battle because, you know, I, um, I ultimately prayed for God to do anything that he needed to do to break me. But then I fought that. I fought that for a lot of years. And ultimately, um, four and a half years ago, there was a sequence of events that finally broke me where I was finally humble for the first time in my life. And the sequence was about four and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with heart disease. Mm. And I'm, I'm healthy. You know, I've always exercised. I always eat right. But I was diagnosed with heart disease. And so at that point, you know, that was the first, you know, um, you know, I was resisting God breaking me. So he gave me, you know, he didn't mm. give it to me, but I mean, he He used that as the first piece of the puzzle to break me. Then on October 9th of 2018, uh, my son took his life. And so that was the second piece to break me. And yeah. uh, then, then That's... October October 13th of 2021, you know, just three, just three years and a couple of days later, the hospital murdered my daughter, Grace. And then, then three days later, October 16th, last year, I ended up in the hospital and I just about died on October 16th. Mm. And um, then I finally, you know, I was finally at the point of, okay, what do you have in mind here? And um, so I have not told very many people this, but the... So what happened during the window between October, I got out of the hospital then on the 19th, and then I think Grace's funeral was either on the 27th or 29th. So I mean, that day, the, the, when I was in the hospital on the 16th, I called my right-hand guy. I told him, I don't think I'm going to make it. And so, you I mean, you got to be prepared to take over the business. And then my daughter, Jessica, was preparing Grace's funeral, and she said, what do I do, Dad? And I said, Jess, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And if I don't, you're going to be planning two funerals versus one, but Mm. just plan as if I'm going to make it, that's what you got to do. So then during that window, when, when um, I got out of the hospital on the 19th and then Grace's funeral, God really was, I mean, it was pretty intense. You know, it was like the book of Job happening to me. It's like, Oh my gosh. I mean, every single thing I thought, what is next? And, um, so then That's tough, that morning the morning of Grace's funeral uh, God got me up at 3:30 that morning and you know I, I knew I was going to speak at the funeral you know I, I'm not I've never spoken really publicly like that before but I mean I knew I you have to do that mm. I was on oxygen I had lost I was down to 147 pounds I was like mm. I was completely weak but I got up at 3:30 that morning God got me up and And, you know, he didn't give me an audible voice or anything, but it was pretty crystal clear that he wanted me to share the gospel message. Hmm. And so, of course, I told about my daughter, Grace, I ended up rambling for 45 minutes um, on the stage. And, um, you know, what I was going to say, what I said is that I haven't told very many people this, but that day, Grace's funeral day was the best day of my life. And it's because it's the first time that I can say I was honestly broken. So I what? was finally Scott. able to be used. I was finally able
0: to be used by God. Wow. Scott That's until that point, I was resisting him. Okay. Let's thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. That's quite a story. Holy cow. You've been through a lot, man. Holy cow. Um, I can't even imagine. Um, and, and I, I almost hate to go here, but I, I'm, I gotta know. I'm very curious who, did all of this was was it god breaking you on purpose just so you'll pay attention to him what do you think it was if you're one of if you're one of god's he
1: has that obligation you know i did the foolish thing of asking him to break me it's not foolish i'm putting that in quotes but i mean regardless of if you ask or not that is his obligation because once you're one of his the whole goal changes you know, before that, the, the humanistic goal, of course, in America, you're supposed to, you know, retire when you're 50, have 2.1 kids, 1. 1.7 dogs, you know, have more toys than your neighbor and mm-hmm. all of that. But, you know, the whole, it's a whole change of perspective. Everything changes. So, I mean, you're, you know, you're,
0: um, you're responsible. Who's responsible for it, though. Who's responsible for that happening?
1: God is. I mean, God is. These, you cannot make that happen on your own. That's impossible. You can't. If you could break yourself on your own, that. Do you think the, there's the, another I'm, way
0: to do it without so much, so much suffering? Sure, it's, sure. There's two ways. One is to, volun-
1: voluntarily submit or have him break you. I mean, I am. Do you think I'm that's a, a good stubborn,
0: thing, though? I mean, I, I understand. I understand. We're I'm all a, stubborn people, but I mean, that's such right. a horrible, horrible thing to have to go through. I don't see that as a loving act. And if this is an all-powerful, all-knowing God, there's 100% a better way to go about things than causing so much pain, suffering, and death. That doesn't sound like the good guy in the story.
1: Well, yeah, that's, that's a, again, your challenges are fantastic. You know, the Jesus suffered a worse death than anything that I've gone through. But other and... people
0: have suffered more than Jesus, 100%
1: well that's possible i mean i i don't and, know the answer to that i mean it would seem that that's that's possibly true but i mean jesus uh descended into hell he's
0: an eternal being he's a god
1: well but he could not use the god card while he was on earth
0: you know he but was he he, 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 he used miracles a, that's right? another
1: paradox we can't we can't reconcile oh.
0: Is he did the, use his powers, though. He used those godlike powers to heal people, to come back to life, to, to do all kinds of things. So he was using those God powers.
1: But he says that, in you know, there's, I don't have, you know, I, I would expect that, uh, you know, I'll give you a power that that he's given me, which is the power
0: to forgive. You know, think about how can I, you... I can do that. Yeah. And yeah, Jesus I mean, didn't give right. me that power, but I, I can do that. I can do without bloodshed, like God. God has to have bloodshed. Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Me and you, we don't require death. We don't need any innocent people or animals to die. We can just forgive. Sure. Yeah, I mean, then the old covenant, that was true. It's new, new too. Jesus, he needed the blood of Jesus. He's unable to forgive you without the blood of something innocent.
1: But he was the final sacrifice. I mean, that's not required anymore. It's
0: required. the, The point is, it was required at all. Like we we'll go back to the good guy in the story, has there ever been a hero of a story who requires you kill something in order for him to be able to forgive you? The bad guy does that. The bla- the bad guy requires bloodshed. Sure. Not the good I, guy. <laughs> sure. I
1: get that. It, you know, it it seems to me that it was required once, once uh, Satan chose to reject God, ah. and so then sin sin became part of the the process um and so Mm. you know once sin became part of the economy again you can say which is is true god knew that that was going to happen before it happened also so we know that uh you know your questions i i wish
0: i had better answers no the i I appreciate the i don't know honestly scott the best answer you can give me is an i don't know I, i love it no seriously makes me makes my day (laughs) <laughs> wow. Well, so i the satan, yeah i mean I, I satan brings up a whole other topic in itself the good guy created a bad guy that's going to go around go around and steal kill and destroy he did this on purpose knowing exactly what this thing would do what good guy creates a bad guy on purpose no nobody so why would god create his own arch nemesis somebody who's going to go around and doing bad things that doesn't make a whole lot of sense yeah it... The only way
1: I can reconcile that is with the the concept of free will. So, I Mm -hmm. mean, with free will, there is no such thing as free will if there's not uh, a bad guy or a temptation. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. there is no free will. If you can only choose good,
0: there is no free will. That's a choice, is it not? That's, what's that? It's still a choice, is it not? Choosing good is still a choice. But if you don't
1: have a choice between bad and good, is Mm -hmm. it really a choice?
0: could you have a choice between not ultimate evil and good, but maybe just good and something that's less great, you know, I don't know, like mustard. I, I don't I mean, know. You got ketchup I mean, or mustard.
1: That, that, yeah. or <laughs> yeah, <they're> dog. Right? <laughs> there you go. Right back to the cat. <laughs> I've already, I've already let the cat out of the bag with that. The, the question is who put the cat in the bag?
0: Oh man. Yeah. I try to sometimes. still healing from that one but no yeah um, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to to do that to create the bad guy that would influence my own children to do bad things I'm going to teach my kids to do the best that they can I'm not going to throw bad guys in their midst to teach them a lesson or to give them free will my kids have free will right now but there's no ultimate bad guy running around you know doing bad things to them that's where I'm at with that well, just take kids. I mean, that that's mm-hmm. really a,
1: a great example. And mm-hmm. um, so if you take kids to start with, how long does it take them to show bad behavior? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. take very long. They don't naturally want
0: to share their toys. They don't some you know, so well. I mean there, there's every kid's different. I got I got definitely very, one kid, kid who's got like, the yeah. biggest heart of any kid you've ever met. Like he'll find a compliment about everybody. I love your shirt. I love your hair, you know, just yeah. like, <laughs> that just big heart, you know. And it, yeah. and there are kids that are that are just a little less um Well they're mean mean kids. There's definitely mean kids for sure. There's definitely (laughs) those on that scale. So Grace, Grace
1: was like that. I mean, she she had a Down syndrome. Kids generally are like that. Mm. You know, Grace had a gigantic heart, but um, it's still they their sin nature comes out. You know, they're they're never going, they're not gonna be perfect angels the entire time. You know, their sin nature comes out, it just is so, I mean, kids are a great example to show that there is a sin. There's an inherent sin nature in hmm. every person.
0: But there's a there's a and difference so, there, though. There's a big difference between, you know, I'm not going to share my toy or murdering somebody or raping somebody or or, sure. or mass killing people, you know, or being a jealous. So what is what is the, gosh, so
1: in God's economy, what is the biggest sin? What is the sin that has to be dealt with?
0: Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the biggest one. He can't forgive it. He's well, unable to forgive. Yes,
1: I get that is the is the unforgivable sin, but I mean the sin that every man has. So when I early on in this process, you know, I'll I'll, I'll answer the question. So I told you we went to the Catholic church, we mm-hmm. ended up leaving that after we found out what the truth was and we went to my wife and I went to our first Bible study if you want to call it that. Anyway, the pastor went through the first night. And he said, "Does anybody have any questions?" And then, you know, I was all full of questions. So I said, "What is the? I don't get. You know, what makes Christianity better than Buddhism, mm. Hinduism, uh, Judaism? So A if question. we had all these other heads of all the other world religions up in front, mm. why is this different? What's the difference?" And he gave me an answer that that is, um, is stuck with me. You know, this is 30 years ago, roughly 25, 30 years ago. He said, Christianity is the only faith that deals with the cause of sin. Every other faith prays EY on sin. So Hmm. every other faith is based on that. We can work our way through our good deeds We can earn God's favor through our good deeds. And Christianity is the only one that isn't. Uh, Another pastor I listened to at that time.
0: Why is that a good thing,
1: though? That influenced me quite a bit. I'll just say this. Sorry, He he said that um, Jesus did not come to make people good. He came to kill people. And the reason is, is because in order, you know, so when I told you I was broken, that's the first time I was really killed. So meaning my prideful nature was finally killed. It doesn't mean it doesn't rear its head. I mean, it rears its head daily, but it was the first time I can say that Mm -hmm. I could finally be used by God. And all the other world religions or all the other faiths, they don't have that. And they, of course, they don't have uh, a savior that
0: uh, died and rose from the dead there's a lot of them there's a lot of them scott there's a ton of saving dying rising saviors out there. there's a hundred million i don't even know them out there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot lot of gods out there that have done lots of different things for different reasons to help humanity for different different things um and and, and even the bloodshed i mean i
1: i studied a bunch of things at that time because i just wanted to get my arms around it but you know more than i do but you know, the there's definitely a lot of them out there,
0: man. Definitely,
1: ultimately, for sure. the the idea of we have to the right to our you know we want inherent the inherent sin is we want our own way, and Christianity is the only one that deals with that pride of wanting our own way. Does every it other, though? Every other one preys on that.
0: Well, I don't know. Does. I think there's a you lot of different it, ways different religions it, tackle that for sure. Um, i know there's I don't definitely... know
1: i mean it doesn't seem like it in my study and it seemed like all the other ones have some type of earn your way or works doctrine versus um
0: surrendering well there's definitely more definitely look it up there's a i love that that kind of stuff there's there's a lot of different gods out there a lot of different stories about each one of these gods uh there's still gods being made my like i tell all the time my kid made a backpack god a couple months ago he's just so there's, now there's a new god. Now sure. we have a backpack god. You know, <laughs> right. we have the vaccine. Right, we have vaccine gods. We have, oh my yeah. gods! There's all kinds of gods, man. Right. Uh, doorway gods, carpet gods. Uh, that's besides the point. The job story. I did want to get back to that before we get too off topic yes. here. Yeah. Um, now you had mentioned that that you like that story, and I'm a, I'm a, a lot well, of Christians love that. This. I can't say that I like it. Oh well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I there, referenced there's it.
0: one thing in here that that just kind of sets the whole tone for the story. Uh, it's Job 2, 3. And this is Yahweh talking to Satan at this point. Okay. And he says, and he, he, Job, and he still maintains his integrity, though you, Satan, enticed me, Yahweh, against him to ruin him without any reason. So why did this whole thing against Job start? Because God and Satan were having a conversation and God's like, hey, Satan, have you seen Job? He's awesome. He loves me so much that no matter what happens to him, he's still going to love me. And Satan says, oh, yeah, prove it. So God makes that deal with the devil and kills Job's kids, kills his servants, his flock and all that shenanigans. Why? For no reason. Job 2.3, he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. God knew the heart of Job. He knew exactly what Job was going to do. He was still going to praise him, but God fell for Satan's trick, or I don't know why he did it. It's just the whole Job story is it's it's horrible. If this is what really happened, how can anybody tell if God is actually involved because Satan is asking him to be involved or, or test the people because Satan wants to know which one's the best one or God's showing off? Or it's just how do you know these things aren't some cosmic game to them you know well because i have faith
1: is is how i know i yeah. You know when you read the entire story of job it seemed that job the whole uh purpose in the end of course it starts at as this conflict between god and satan as you mentioned but it seems like the purpose of the conflict was to get job closer to god to do the same thing that god good about his mean, kids though right? Well, I agree. I mean, that's another one of those you brought these up before. Is those <laughs> paradoxes? Those, um, paradoxes, you know. So, you know, reconciling that, I can't reconcile that. There's what a I lot can we can't reconcile,
0: though, Scott. Is
1: that those kids? Mm. Um, if you know they they were innocent bystanders, we'll call them in mm. in the story. Mm. That means those kids are in a better place. Uh, so that's fantastic in that regard. But uh, a funny offshoot with hmm. the story of Job is, uh, you know, that God did not, or Satan did not take Job's wife.
0: <laughs> but he killed everybody else. Scott. Yes, but don't, but I, but you realize, <laughs> you know why, you know why he didn't take Job's why, wife. Why didn't he take Job's wife?
1: Because Satan figured that she'd do a, better
0: job nagging there you. it is <laughs> <laughs> I felt there was a bottom dum coming <laughs> sensed it man oh, you can you, you can that. use that if you want <laughs> biblical humor love it man all right well thank you so much for that as well i i kind of want to close it out on a last question here all right um you you had mentioned that at one point you weren't a christian and right. then you well, had mentioned at another point that um Without God, you would be committing all of these sins. So there's two things there. You you were once a Christian, not a Christian, and not committing all of those every sin. You weren't murdering, raping, and and drowning children. Um, I also do not have God with me. Jesus doesn't live in my heart. He doesn't condone anything I do, pretty much. But I don't go out and sin. I rape and murder as much as I want to, which is zero. Zero. So how does that work? So you had two questions. So yeah, can you break them up? So yeah, I can... of course. Sorry. So originally you you did not have Jesus with you and you were not committing all of these sins. I also don't have Jesus well, I, with me and I, I'm not committing I, all of these sins. How yeah, does that I mean, work? I
1: was, a, I was a decent guy, but I mean, I still was committing sins because the sin in God's economy was, you know, I was living my own life. I didn't have any accountability to God. You uh-huh. know, the accountability to God started when i knew i was one of his otherwise i was not accountable to anybody i was just account- accountable to whatever i wanted to do and so i think you mentioned at the beginning of the program the idea of um you can live live your life as long as you're not hurting somebody else you know that that is basically how i lived my life good and that's so, a good thing well it, it it's a good thing in that it's better it's better than a different thing no question about that it's better than going out and killing somebody 100%. It isn't Living, it isn't living for god so mm-hmm. i mean so um so i would have been in that good guy realm before then what Gosh. was your second question
0: so i just want to make sure because you had stated that if without god you would go out and oh yes commit okay. all these yeah, murders so I, I just said, want to make sure
1: Without God's grace, there's not, you know, it's an attitude. Without God's grace, there's not a sin I wouldn't commit. And I read a story once that really helped frame that, you know, because before that, I didn't necessarily understand it. But I read this story about a, um, a pastor who had a young child, and the child would not stop crying. Hmm. And so it was you know they were between him and his wife, they were taking up taking turns, you know, if the child cries, who's going to get up, blah blah blah, you know how that happens when you have a newborn, and so it was his turn. he could not get the baby to be quiet, and he, you know he was um, um the typical German Lutheran pastor. That's Mm. the way he described himself. He grew up in a family where the dad was a pastor. And, and that night with that child, his desire was to shake the child. Okay. And that's when he, Mm. when he realized his whole life, he was a fake. He was, he had a facade because he realized that at that point, there is not a sin I wouldn't commit who would ever shake a child. Right. I mean, that's. That's terrible. Mm. But yet that was what he thought of himself. And that's the night he came to grips with that he was a fake as a pastor. And... maybe
0: a parent. Fake as a parent. He maybe he shouldn't be a parent. I mean, if if, well, if your first thought I is mean, I can't get this thing to stop crying, maybe I should shake it. That's probably yeah, a good I sign. Don't know that, that was his
1: first thought. But I mean, you can imagine going through Man. six, seven, eight hours of oh yeah. No,
0: then... I had I had a crier. He's in the next room. He cried yeah, for I mean, I mean, yeah. I,
1: I can see that. I mean, I have gotten to the point of breaking before. Um,
0: yeah, but I mean, there's still hard. Christian people that, that do commit atrocities, even regardless of having God on their side and Jesus in their heart. So, I mean, that's not really something that yeah. prevents it from happening. Well, that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't it it is not
1: a. Uh... It doesn't uh, prevent because you still have in order to prevent God and Satan are mutually exclusive. So in order to prevent, you have to submit moment by moment. That's the only way to prevent sin. You know, God expects us to walk uh, with him. When we walk with him, we're sinless. But I mean, that is, so that, it, is the, that is definitely the
0: struggle. Walking with a guy. I'm just don't take offense. Walking with a guy who tortured and killed David's kid is going to help you be sinless. Walking with a guy who drowned every child on the planet because he was upset, who killed all the firstborn in Egypt just to show off his powers. This is going to keep you from sinning.
1: Well, again, faith, it's it's faith in, you know, why those things happen, I can't answer. When I look at the world today, for example, with, uh, I mean things are in bad shape I am shocked that God has let it go on this long uh you know I see things right now as is the same as the days of Noah Sodom and gomorrah I mean it's just uh we are in some some bad times I do
0: not you know
1: well I hope he doesn't like-
0: I hope he doesn't get mad and start killing kids again because then that would just suck um so let's hope he just Stays off and watches for a while. I I don't know. Let let us solve our problem I don't know how long he's going to stay off and watch.
1: I mean, the end (laughs) is already written. The end is already written. What's the time? What's the timetable of all of it? I mean, I'm not a prophet, so that's a whole other
0: topic right there. I love that topic. That end times, heaven, hell, all that shenanigans. That's a good one. But I, I just, I guess, at the end of the day, I just can't understand why you find this documented child killer to be such a good person. I guess we'll just disagree on that one. I don't know how it works, but that's okay. Uh, I thank you for all your time today. We've come to the end of the show. Why don't you plug your stuff and then we'll uh, close around?
1: Well, I'm here because of my daughter, Grace. I mean, the, my faith has gotten stronger because of her. And if somebody is desiring to see um, what happened with her, we have a, a neat website that has uh, lots of cool pictures, videos of Grace and her story is documented there. It's uh, ouramazinggrace.net. And if anybody is encouraged to go there, you know, I I would uh, appreciate it very much. She was, she was a great kid. Mm. Um, You know, she had, (laughs) she called me, she called me earthly dad. Mm. Uh, It was, it was something special. Mm. You know, we, uh, we had a gift. We had a gift for 19 years and we named her after God's grace.
0: Sorry for your loss, man that that's yeah, tough that's it tough. is tough
1: i mean i never miss somebody like that
0: you're gonna make me get all emotional all right man take care i will keep in yeah. touch and um, thank you for your time and answers today nice meeting you make you too stay safe family. thank you That's all the show there is for you today. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard and want to help keep the recording light on, simply go to patreon.com forward slash BSW, the podcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will give you access to the patron feed, unaired conversations, early access to each episode, and much more. For the latest events, BSW swag, and a peek behind the scenes, head on over to the show's ever-evolving webpage at thebiblesayswhat.com. The Bible Says What the book is out. Head on over to thebiblesayswhat.com and get yourself and your grandma a signed copy. Thanks to the cosmic powers of the internet. It is now possible to buy me a beer or coffee online. Simply go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash BSW, the podcast and click the appropriate buttons. If you can't support the show monetarily, please like share and or leave a review. As always, you can find me at the Bible says what Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram pages. You can also reach me at BSW, at gmail.com. And no matter which platform you use to listen to your podcasts, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. So you won't miss out on the next episode. Until then, would you kindly pick up your Bibles and read them? loving being, comfort one child and watch the other die slowly. Yahweh is in heaven. He does as he pleases him. He just fucked it up at the end. Ah! (laughs) Yahweh is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. Psalm 115.3. Why would anyone want to worship such a monster? Let's start the show.